Together, growing in faith, changing communities. Dear friends, today I would like us to reflect on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, from verse 17 to verse 26. It is on that day as Jesus was teaching that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting by and they had come from every village of Galilee, of Judea, and Jerusalem. And they'd come to see, to listen, but also to entrap Jesus. And I would like to start from there. These are intellectuals. These are powerful people. But they are out there not necessarily because they are searching for the truth, not necessarily because they are searching for for something that could help them to, to become better people, but rather they are out there in order to use something against Jesus. They are there to, to, to find things that they can use in order to destroy Jesus and to bring Jesus' name into disrepute. And I would like us to talk briefly for people who are on a fault-finding mission. You will always find people like that. You'll always find people who, who look out for the mistakes, who are not necessarily genuine or who are not interested in who you are, what you do, but they are interested in destroying whatever you have done. A good friend of mine, Father Cyril Malinga, may his soul rest in peace, once told me something absolutely amazing. He said to me, no one can prove his own innocence. And he says, we must never try that because there are always two sides of the story. There are those who believe in your innocence and they do not need you to prove your innocence because they already believe you. And there are those who do not believe you. And no matter how much you try to prove them wrong and to prove your innocence, if they've already made up their minds, they have already made up their minds. And so I'm seeing here in the person of Jesus, and I'm also looking into our own lives, how many of us are so distracted, how many of us are so sad and so disappointed in life because we feel somehow that people have let us down. But above all, we have given that which should not have been given away. We've given our freedom to people. We've given our free will to people. We've allowed people to take over in our lives. We've allowed people to run our lives and our affairs. And so there will be people who will stand against you, who will stand against your principles, who will stand against your marriage, who will stand against your family, who will even stand against your destiny. But what are you going to do about that? Will you allow them to destroy that? Or will you push harder and do that which you know is what God is calling you to achieve in your own life? The other thing that I also find absolutely amazing is that in as much as there's this opposition against Jesus, the scriptures are quite interesting and they're quite eloquent in saying, the power of the Lord was given to Jesus in order to heal. Where sin abound, the grace abounded even more. That's what St. Paul says. And so when people stand against you, when people speak against you, 
when people plot against your life. God is also doing the same. But he does it positively. He stands with you. He plots and plans for your own good. And he prepares things that will allow you, enable you to be that which you are destined to be. There is this irony in, 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 in difficulties, in temptations, in arguments, in fights, in struggles, in trials. The irony is people are out there to destroy you. We are out there to destroy ourselves. But God is out there to save us. He's out there to protect us, to bring us back to himself. And that's the beauty of the gospel that God is inviting us to. The other thing that I also find absolutely amazing in this story, a group of men have a man who is lying on a bed who's paralyzed. And as he's paralyzed and is lying on a bed, he needs help. He needs some sort of assistance. And if he needs help and some sort of assistance, now his friends have come out to help him. His friends have come out to be with him. His friends are here in order to help him. This man, we do not know how long he's been lying paralyzed in bed. But what fascinates me and what touches me is that the people take him to Jesus. Are they feeling sorry for him? Are they frustrated with him? Are they hopeful for him? But they are there so that he can be okay. And as they take him and they take him to Jesus, they meet opposition. They meet a stumbling block. There is a crowd. They cannot come closer to Jesus. Now, I would like to analyze the crowd. The crowd couldn't necessarily mean the people. The people were so many that they couldn't penetrate through them in order to come to Jesus. But the crowds could also be in our situation, our families, our friends, our colleagues, our thoughts, our actions. The crowds could also be our prejudices, our judgments, our whatever that prevents us, whatever that is not allowing us to come closer to God. Go back to that gospel account. We cannot serve two gods. Go back to what Bishop Berry used to say. In all of us, there are two wolves, the good and the not so good. Which one wins the battle? The one we feed the most. And so too in here, could there be things in my life that is preventing me from being that which I am called to be? Fear. Guilt, those things can also prevent us. I'm so afraid of trying something new. I'm so afraid of taking a leap of faith. I'm so afraid of trusting people. I'm so afraid of committing into a relationship. I'm so afraid of everything. Guilt of what I have done, 
Guilt of what I should have done but didn't do. How many of us feel entrapped in the past? And because of those experiences, we have not reasoned above those things. How many of us are unable to reach what God wants us to be? How many of us are like that man, not only who is trapped on his bed, but also he has a stumbling block that he needs to deal with in his life? That's the story I find today. But what I find more interesting is that the friends that are carrying him are able to see a stumbling block, are able to see opposition. And instead of entertaining that, they find an alternative. This is a world of alternatives. What else can I do in order for me to achieve my goal? Don't forget, the goal has not changed. The purpose is still there. The mark has not shifted. The means are now changing. How is changing? The what remains. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can still achieve that which God planted in your life. It doesn't matter what is the status of your situation right now. They may have left you. You may be all alone. You may be struggling. You may have gone through a divorce. You may have gone through a great loss, a great death. But the Lord remains here. They present the man to Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says. Upon seeing their faith, upon seeing their faith, he healed them. May the Virgin Mother of God bless and protect us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.